1: From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, May 15, 2019, and this is the interview edition of The Bob Seska Show. My guest today is a real-life superhero. Dr. Leah Torres is an OBGYN who also happens to perform abortions. On top of that, she's a women's rights activist, online and off, as well as specializing in the promotion of sexual health. We last spoke with Dr. Torres back in January, but I wanted to get her on again to talk about the harrowing new anti-choice laws passed in Georgia and Alabama, the latter being a complete ban on abortions without exception and carrying a 99-year prison sentence for anyone who undergoes or performs the procedure. Now all eyes are on the Supreme Court and whether the justices will allow more states to criminalize health care. By the way, if you like what you hear today, please consider supporting this show at bobseskashow.com. And now let's talk with Dr. Torres. Hello. Dr. Torres, it's Bob Seska. How are you? Great. How are you doing, Bob? Great, great! Thank you so much for uh, coming on at the last minute. I, I really appreciate it. And in fact, I I wanted to talk to you anyway, so I'm, I'm glad we oh, had yeah, a, I'm glad we had a cancellation. Of course, with all the news happening today, I uh, desperately wanted to uh, talk to uh, my favorite expert on uh, fetal biology <laughs> and uh, obstetrics and gynecology and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, so my first question I have for you today, Doctor Torres, is similar one I, I asked uh, the last time we spoke, which is. Are you safe? Are you okay?
0: I am. Thank you very much. I appreciate your asking. I am I am doing well and still, you know, fighting the good fights wherever I go. So yeah. that's, that's all I can ask for.
1: Uh, have you seen kind of an upswing in, uh, you know, whether it's trolls on the easiest side of things to deal with versus uh, death threats and things like that? Are you getting a lot of that right now?
0: No, not right now. With this um, climate, I... I I think that there's probably some sense of we're winning on the anti-choice, anti-woman side of things. Um, so there's probably just some relaxing going on on their side. But Oh, interesting. I'm confident. Uh, yeah, it, it is interesting to think about it that way because I'm confident that we, as far as those who are interested in protecting human rights, will win in states like alabama and georgia who are really trying to violate basic human rights
1: you know and before we dig into the georgia law and of course the alabama law too and and all of the various details around it because there's a lot of things to talk about with regard to uh, specifically those uh, particular laws are you aware of in your practice how many conservative anti-choice women have made an appointment with your office for either an abortion or for contraception. Is that something that you know about or hear about even through the grapevine that, oh, that person is actually an anti-choice Republican, but interesting that she's come in for an abortion. Is that, is that something you've uh, witnessed firsthand?
0: Um, you know, it's, I can only make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people in, in the public space approach me and say, you know, I disagree with you, but on the other hand, I don't agree that you are being subjected to harassment. Yeah. Um so it, you know, I've had discussions with people who disagree with me, but I think that at the end of the day, many of those people, if not all of them like off the top of my head, understand that while they themselves would not have an abortion, mm-hmm they know that it is wrong to tell someone else whether or not they should have an abortion.
1: Right, right. So
0: that is what I've I've experienced in the general public.
1: Yeah, because it seems to me as if there's a, a lot of the anti-choice Republicans seem to think that this is something that that is almost um separated or divorced from their lives that uh there's just this subculture of women who are murdering babies uh, wantonly and without uh, any sort of particular justification, just going in and having elective abortions just for (laughs) contraception and so on. And, And I get the sense that there are way more conservative women who have had this procedure done at one point or another and are merely being Hypocrites about this, where the entire argument about when life begins, et cetera, isn't even taken into consideration. It's basically abandoned for the sake of uh, of having that uh, available to them. In the first, in fact, we're talking a lot right now with regard to the Alabama and Georgia laws uh, about how wealthy women will continue to be able to have these procedures, irrespective of the laws that are passed. Right.
0: I mean, this is going back to pre Roe. You know, pre-1974, free mm-hmm. access to legal and safe abortion
2: yeah.
0: um, times where we had septic wards because pregnant people who don't want to be pregnant will obtain an abortion. Mm-hmm. The question is whether or not it will be safe and whether or not they will continue to live, to have a family if and when they want. Right. And so these laws violate their basic access to health care because regardless of your philosophy about life, they are living, yeah. they are alive. They have a life to protect, and that is their own, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. That is anybody's right. Anyone who is a member of the NRA will tell you the same thing. So for for the government to step in and say, oh, yeah, well, you're not going to have this. You can't have this medical procedure that is sanctioned by the American Medical Association, that Mm -hmm. is sanctioned by the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, that is sanctioned by the World Health Organization, We're going to outlaw this one medical procedure because we feel like it. It goes against everything that is in science that we understand. It goes against everything that is based in human rights and human decency and the pursuit of liberty and happiness. It is a violation of our very core of this country.
1: And in fact, what it does is it criminalizes your profession. Do you have any colleagues in uh, Alabama, in particular, where this ninety-nine year prison term uh, is being uh, uh, foisted upon uh, uh, both women and doctors there?
0: Oh, I do, absolutely. Yeah. It's, t- it's insanity. Yeah, it is. It is to say that what this law does is say that practicing medicine is illegal. Yep. Period. The end. It also, by the by, does not address the current states of poverty and hunger that one in four children in those states experience one in four children under the age of 11 live in poverty. One in four children don't know when their next meal is going to come from. That's inexcusable. Mm -hmm. You do not get to say to someone, you must go through the risks of pregnancy. You must give birth to another child and that child must go hungry. It is, Incomprehensible.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, don't you realize, Dr. Torres, that you know, life begins at conception, but it ends at birth.
0: Obviously and clearly, this is exerting a, a power-wielding, you know, control over reproduction and women's. Yes. Well, let's not even get into sexuality, but reproduction, right? So, the from what I understood, I think it was the Alabama legislation. All of the senators were male. None of them would be facing. A pregnancy ever okay. in their lives,
2: yep.
0: Ever, mm-hmm. and I don't want this to come down to the daughter or wife of a senator or a representative that has a case like Savita and dies in pregnancy. And oh, now they're now they realize that they've made a mistake. Yep, it should not have to come to that. It should be basic understanding of what medicine is, how medical care is delivered. And that
1: should be the end of it. I mean, that's the best case scenario. And and the the fact is, though, I don't know exactly how to turn this entire argument in that direction. I don't know how to uh, convince people who are themselves uh, basing uh, a significant portion of their faith, their personal faith around uh, 2000 year old scripture that uh, may or may not confirm what they're actually believing it confirms. You know what I mean? It seems to me if it's an almost impossible argument to make just based on those grounds, based on the religious and and cultural grounds by themselves. But, you know, making a science argument seems like that's the silver bullet. That's the way to convince. But they don't want to accept the science, do they?
0: Well, to accept the science is to accept that there is a separation of church and state. Yep. Which is a founding philosophy, as far as I can recall from my history, right? (laughs) So you can't use religion based on the fact that everybody's religion to themselves is individualized. Mm -hmm. It is subjective by nature. Two Catholics are not going to have the same belief systems, let alone 500, let Mm -hmm. alone a million. So to subject people under a court of law to your religious beliefs, is a violation of the First Amendment. That's right. You do not get to oppress other people by your own religious beliefs. You can practice them yourself, but you cannot impose them on other people. That is a violation of the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. So First Amendment rights are being violated. Fourteenth Amendment rights are being violated. Thirteenth Amendment rights are being violated. You cannot use something that is subjective like religion and apply it to the masses. You must use science That is objective, reproducible, scientific method. And it's really simple. Mm -hmm. Pregnancy can cause death. True fact. Yep. Someone needs to make a decision about whether or not they want to undergo the risk of death. You cannot force somebody to undergo a risk of death against their will. That is enslavement. That is such an egregious violation of human rights. I cannot even comprehend what is happening in states like Alabama and Georgia. And let's not forget Michigan's D&E ban. Let's not forget that they're trying to eliminate an entire medical procedure because it's squeaky.
1: And you know what? I want to dig into the science a little bit here because, again, I really believe that making not only a scientific argument, but as you very clearly reminded me, there's also a constitutional argument in this too. But even a constitutional argument requires all kinds of additional uh, interpretation that you don't necessarily get, I believe, with the scientific method. So let's start with Georgia, where they're passing a ban or they have passed a ban on all abortions after six weeks of uh, embryonic development. And uh, which is, as we discussed the last time I had you on the show, that's a completely arbitrary uh, place in the uh, development of an embryo um, that they've just selected in particular because it's kind of a de facto ban across the board of all abortions because so few women actually even realize that they're pregnant at that point. So describe for me the, the biological status of a, of a pregnant woman and her six-week embryo.
0: Well, let me just remind everyone first that this law or bill, whatever, is, is implying that a heartbeat signifies life. Mm-hmm. And a heartbeat, therefore, means designation of life, whatever. Again, a philosophical argument. However, death, is determined by brain activity because if it weren't, then we wouldn't have things like CPR, Mm -hmm. public defibrillators. I mean, to say that someone, you know, according to this law, if you see someone who's collapsed and they don't have a pulse, you should just leave them because they're dead.
2: (laughs) That's such a great
1: point. Oh my God. Yes.
0: No, no heartbeat means dead. Heartbeat means life. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's, let's start there as far as arbitrary things go.
1: That's so smart.
0: So a heartbeat does not signify anything in pregnancy or in non-pregnancy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: in utero or ex-utero, because the heartbeat that this bill is talking about is a, is a, uh, a cluster of cardiac cells that are reacting to a stimuli and contracting in a pulsatile fashion due to that stimulus. It is not a it is not even a. it's not even a formed heart as we know it. Right. A neonate isn't even born with the heart that it has ninety days after it's born. Like it's not the same thing. So mm-hmm. you so that's one thing. Right. So heartbeat is a wash. Someone who is pregnant at six weeks, their their physiology has already changed. They have different hormones, they have Human chorionic, human chorionic gonadotropin, mm-hmm. that's a hormone that's not found outside of pregnancy. They have higher levels of progesterone. They have nausea due to all of these hormonal changes. They have increased cardiac output and increased strain on their heart and kidneys. They have any, any medical comorbidity that they might have is exacerbated. It's made worse in pregnancy. And that's from day one. That's from implantation. And I use words like fertilization, meaning sperm and egg are conjoined, which is different from conception. Conception doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. The definitions are fertilization, egg plus sperm, implantation, where that fertilized egg implants into the uterine lining Mm -hmm. and can therefore begin gestating. So gestation. Right. So six weeks gestation, you already have physiologic changes affecting the health of the pregnant person. And by the way, heaven forbid they're on a medication like accutane for example people who have very bad acne take this very strong what's called a teratogenic or a fetal anomaly creating medication that is absolutely not allowed in pregnancy because it will cause severe malformations yeah even you know fetal death
1: yeah uh, and you're from saying that a wide variety of other uh, side effects from accutane that's for sure
0: Right. So someone who doesn't know that they're pregnant at six weeks may be on a medication that can cause anomalies. Or someone who doesn't know they're pregnant at six weeks may already have abnormal chromosomal development that turns into, you know, an abnormal fetus that won't survive outside of the, outside of the uterus. Now, you're telling this person that they have to carry the term and give birth and watch a baby die.
2: Wow. Yep.
0: I mean, how cruel and unusual is that? Not to mention, the being pregnant when you are already subjected to intimate partner violence increases your risk of intimate partner violence. Intimate partner violence can escalate actually more rapidly in pregnancy, creating situations of homicide. So until we get a society that values women, that values pregnant people, and stops killing them, I don't think we should force people to be pregnant right? if they don't want
1: to be. So at this stage in embryonic development, it seems to me as if this law in Georgia is actually going to create more... Um, what I don't know how else to describe it. More knee-jerk abortions. People racing to get an abortion when they don't have enough time really to even consider whether they really, really want one. It seems to me as if the that deadline would make them rush into it, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's another good point. Absolutely.
0: You don't want, you know, we've got states that have mandatory waiting periods, like you talked, of mm-hmm. three days. Yeah. You know, because on the one hand, what anti-trace folks are saying, we don't trust pregnant people to make the right decision. So we want to give them time. And then over here we've got, you don't have time to make a decision. We're making it for you.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. Thank you. That's so well put. Exactly. Yeah. How many, um, how often do you hear from women at this stage where it's just, you know, it's a couple of weeks or less, uh, from their last missed period. Um, and, and with very little wiggle room to even realize They're pregnant. I mean, you were describing some of the physiological changes, but is that, is all of that evident? I mean, do you hear often from people who are, you know, just four and a half weeks, five weeks pregnant?
0: When they're trying to get
1: pregnant, yeah. Yeah.
0: Not when they're trying to avoid a pregnancy. Right. So, you know, think of the context. If someone's trying to get pregnant and they're they're watching their period and they're trying to get pregnant and they missed one, and oh, then they're in the doctor's office and they're like two weeks pregnant. Yep. Sure. That happens. Mm -hmm. but people who are trying to avoid pregnancy don't typically have that occur. So it's much less common in the, I'm trying to avoid pregnancy population versus the, I'm trying to get pregnant population. And it is absolutely against every medically ethic principle that I can think of for such bans and for such restrictions to access to health care, there's, there's no moral upside to these laws. Yeah. There is no moral high ground. There's no way you can argue that what you were doing is better for people
1: let's say for example you're sitting in a room uh in an examination room and you're basically consulting with a a, a couple uh you um, that's you know whether it's uh two women or a man and a woman or however the uh the genders <laughs> the genders play out in this scenario but regardless mm-hmm. you're you're talking to a couple and one of them I mean it could be either decides hey you know what I don't I don't think we should have an abortion I think I think we should carry. Do you, do you do you hear those arguments taking place in your office where uh, people um, are conflicted about what to do, how to proceed with a pregnancy? And, and if so, how do they argue this? How does the person who wants to have the abortion argue to the person who doesn't want to have the abortion and vice versa? You
0: know, that's an interesting question. I can't think of an example of where I've heard the back and forth like in person because I think that's more of a behind closed doors discussion that's had, but I have had patients who've said, you know, my partner really wants, you know, a baby. I don't really want one, but I guess I'll have one. You know, Mm -hmm. I've heard that I've heard. I really want a baby, but my partner doesn't. And so I feel conflicted ethically because I want to be, you know, I've heard every permutation of that scenario and what it comes down to Is the person who's undergoing the pregnancy also undergoes all of the risks, including to health and future health. Mm -hmm. Pregnancy can change your your health forever. Risks to life. You can die giving birth. You can die during pregnancy. You could have an ectopic that you start to bleed internally and you don't get to a hospital on time. Those are things that can happen. Mm -hmm. So it is ever only up to the person who is undergoing the pregnancy to make that decision. It is not, not up to their legislator. It is not up to their governor. It is not even up to their doctor. It is up to them. It is not up to their partner. Right. It is up to them.
1: Right. I imagine you get some questions. Is this a person inside of me? What's going on inside of me? How do you, uh, how do you walk someone through that? Sure.
0: Well, first, um, I just want to address that, Coercion, coerced abortion does happen, but so does coerced birth. So we want to avoid any coercion in reproductive health. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to make sure that the one who's pregnant is the one making the decision and that that's their decision that they want. Uh, As far as answering those questions, you know, a person, to me, is different from a human being and is different from life. So those, you know, human being is a species. It's a speciation term. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I were to get pregnant, I would be pregnant with a human being that is not in contest, but people equate that term with person or personhood. And I argue that whatever your philosophy is, whatever your philosophy, but if someone were to ask me what my philosophy was, I would say that no person is allowed inside my body without my consent. Mm. And I personally don't view something that, we, that cannot exist without my heart beating, without my lungs bringing in oxygen, without my bloodstream flowing to a placenta. I am, I, that entity, whether it's a person or not, I don't think it is, but whatever the philosophy we want to go with, that entity is less than me because it cannot exist without me. People don't like to hear that. But that is physiologic fact. Right. And so I'm going to be making the decisions about that entity. Now, you, I, as a physician and nurses and any healthcare provider is going to tell you the same thing. You meet people where they're at. If someone has a six-week embryo and they've already made plans for what college that embryo is going to attend and what you know, kind of climate they're going to live in and how far away from that, you know, how many grandchildren that embryo will have someday. Like that's, you meet them there. That's fine. Yeah. But if they want to hear scientific facts, well, an embryo doesn't have lungs, you know, a pregnancy doesn't even have fetal lung tissue until after 24 weeks. Like there's, you know, no survival outside of the womb after that time or before that time. So You generally meet people
1: where they are. I made a uh, a kind of devil's advocate argument on uh, Twitter today, which is that, uh, and maybe you can set me straight if I'm if I'm getting the science wrong. But based on my comparatively limited knowledge of fetal biology, it's it's my contention that uh, you know however you want to the personhood um, begins at birth. But when a fetus is, you know, when a fetus is outside the confines of another human body and, you know, again, playing devil's advocate, could the argument be made that the human life cycle, though, actually begins with the formation of sperm cells and egg cells and that the cycle merely continues at the point of contraception rather than beginning at contraception? Is that a is that a scientifically inaccurate thing to say or is that kind of in the wheelhouse?
0: I mean, you can definitely make an argument that it's in the wheelhouse. Um, We, as a species, consider normal chromosomal number as 46 chromosomes. Right. There are plenty of people in the world who do not fit that chromosomal number. Mm -hmm. Um, Folks with Down syndrome have 47 chromosomes. Yep. Folks with Turner syndrome have 45 chromosomes. So you can argue that based on the definition of life, which I believe is something about, you know, it has to reproduce, has to be able to reproduce. Um, Eggs actually don't reproduce. Eggs are developed. They are present at birth. Mm -hmm. The number of eggs that will eventually, that an ovary will ever have is already present at birth. So Eggs kind of defied that, but sperm reproduce. Like sperm are manufactured and created. So that you know, you'd have to get into the nuance of it, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's I'm it, kind of making a
1: nuanced argument here. Yeah, I think the yeah. point.
0: I think the point is more than whether or not sperm and eggs are alive. The the you know the fertilized egg that implants. Well, it's implanted into where? Someone else. Yeah. You know, and again, you get into, can another, let's say person, can another person, whether, or not, whether it's two days gestation or nine months gestation or 25 years gestation, you know, 25 year old human being, are they allowed to occupy my body without my permission? Right. The answer is no, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: absolutely not. And that's what pregnancy is. Pregnancy is the consent that we do not give people enough credit for. In fact, we are loath about crediting those folks who are willing to go through a pregnancy and give birth. We do not give them any credit. We need to praise them for everything that they do, the trauma that they endure, the health stresses, the life stresses that anybody is willing to go through nine months of a pregnancy and give birth is astounding to me because it (laughs) is hard.
2: Yep.
0: (laughs) Right. And now we're saying, but we, but these laws in Alabama and Georgia and Michigan and anywhere else, any of these laws are saying to people, that's just what you do. Yeah. No big deal. Pregnancy is no big deal. No, it is. It really is a big deal. Yes, it is. It's a big deal do not tell me that I have to go through a pregnancy that I don't want to go through because of your feelings on religion or philosophy or whatever, because it is a big deal to be pregnant and it's a big deal to give birth.
1: It's huge. And, and I think men will never fully uh, understand what what that even means the, the the anguish of the birthing process alone considering a natural childbirth as being the the maybe the standard like that's going that's the way throughout human history that, that people have given birth it seems to me as if men could get pregnant the the birthing process alone would be the key justification for abortion that's men would be lined up just because they wouldn't want to go through the agony of childbirth itself right
0: oh absolutely there's no doubt in my mind, but that's not to say that, you know, there would, there would, I'm sure there would also be men just like there are women who are against abortion, mm-hmm. but absolutely the fact that they, you know, I didn't, no one asked me how biology should work. No one asked me if only one gender of a species should be able to give birth in the homo sapiens sapiens species. No one asked me that. I didn't design the system. Mm-hmm this is how our reproductive biology works. And it seems like those with Y chromosomes don't like it. (laughs) I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand why they have to keep attacking women just because we are the ones responsible for bringing more people into, into the world and they're, I don't know. Jealous? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just I
1: don't know. From my own perspective, I, you know, there was a time 40 years ago when I identified as a conservative. Rep- I was raised in a Catholic family, and, you know, we went to Catholic church every Sunday. I went to Catholic school. And it was just, you know, the pro life argument, the anti choice argument was drilled into my head from a, a, a dogmatic perspective, from a religious point of view. And the, so it was, it was that, but that's not what drove my perspective on abortion at the time. And and again, granted in my own defense, I was 15, you know, I didn't know anything, but Mm -hmm. what I was looking at is I was looking at a lot of gruesome photographs of aborted fetuses. And so there was that. And then, uh, but I can see that as being kind of the, uh, the spark that creates a resentment toward women that drives, I think, a lot of the legislation that we see—the trap laws, the laws in Georgia and Alabama, and so forth, Michigan, as you were saying earlier—and um, so it's it it begins, I believe, uh, with the 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 lack of understanding of the actual procedure itself and kind of the the perceived horror show in those photos, and then that drives a a, a hatred of women, a, a need to want to control the decision-making aspect of, of women's lives, uh, you know, in, in relation to uh, their own bodily sovereignty, and I think that's where it comes from. I think um, I would say, and I would argue that 99% of the anti-choice argument starts with those photographs the the idea that oh my god you, you you dr torres you're killing babies and look how awful it is look at look at these photos and and that's how it all starts right. don't you think
2: well
0: they've obviously never seen any surgical pictures of colon cancer they've
1: Yes, never exactly. never exactly.
0: any removal of a teratoma from the pelvis they've
1: never seen like Surgery is gross. Yeah. I mean, has anyone ever watched an episode of Dr. Pimple Popper or whatever that is? Oh, my God.
0: I can't. Stop it. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. Oh, it's so horrible. Yeah. Like, if anybody anybody has seen the incision and drainage of a Bartholone abscess. Yeah. If anybody has, like, you don't get to say something is bad because it's gross.
1: This is where this is where this is where Ben Shapiro jumps in and says, "Are you comparing murdering a baby to popping a pimple, Bob?" Say no, yeah, right, no, right? Because that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> yeah, so I The see.
0: problem is, is that we don't have. First of all, that whole murder baby thing needs to go. I know it's easy to demonize abortion. Yep. But what's not easy is to demonize pregnant people and why they have an abortion. Yeah. That's why you see those photos because that's an easy sell. Mm -hmm. What you never see is the mom with her three kids that she's getting through school and she herself is in night school trying to make it work. You don't see that picture. Right. And that's the injustice. Yeah. That is what is done. They ignore the person who's actually making the decision. They ignore what their needs are. And in fact, try and hold them down further By now saying, you must risk your life to have another child. Sorry. Yeah. That is just what you do. We are nothing but brood mares in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And it is disgusting and it is misogynistic and it's patriarchal and it needs to stop. And I appreciate you for making this, you know, more available to people, the correct information. Because I promise you, Bob, they are not ignorant as to how an abortion is done. They no. know exactly how it's done, right? But they also know that that's not what sells.
1: That's absolutely true, and and thank you for saying that too. Uh, you know, it's just I, I feel like there is a uh, there's a blinding that has taken place on this debate, and particularly on the anti-choice side of it, where there is a, a complete lack of understanding. In terms of, yeah, I mean, I I guess in some twisted way you can make the argument that what a pregnant woman is carrying is is, is somehow a baby. I don't agree that that's necessarily the case, but they can make that argument. What they don't understand is that being is attached to the inside of a woman who has sentience and rights and autonomy over her own body, and that is... To me, that negates any argument you're going to make about the personhood of of what is inside there. I mean, if... if But this
0: is is exactly why they say that they are the voice for the voiceless. Yeah. So their stance is, it's because that fetus, as opposed to neonate slash baby slash infant, it's because that, that fetus doesn't have sentience. It's because that fetus doesn't have a voice that we have to protect them. But here's the thing. You don't get to say... Protecting a fetus is equal to protecting the pregnant person. Right. Because it's in conflict. If that pregnant person does not want to continue that pregnancy, then you are in conflict with the greater than entity. And any way you slice it, the one who's pregnant is greater than their pregnancy. Mm -hmm. For the very fact of the umbilical cord and the placenta, it is. Scientific fact: You cannot, in any way, argue that that is not true. Right. So, yeah. You want to protect the fetus? Maybe make sure people have pregnancies when they want them. Maybe you invest in children not being hungry. Yeah. Maybe you invest in education. Maybe you invest in access to contraception, which the Department of Health and Human Services have now declared. You know, a couple of years ago under Trump, that it wasn't a preventive medicine, wasn't a preventive procedure, and therefore wasn't required to be covered by insurance, which is insane. I mean, that's what makes me think so, that the the the, uh,
1: the goal is to control women. Uh, that is, it the, is because when you eliminate the idea of contraception, when they say that we cannot possibly uh, protect uh, you know access to contraception in the Affordable Care Act or whatever. It seems to me that that portrays their uh, their position on all of this because what you're basically then saying is we don't even want to reduce abortions, you know, because that's what contraception does. Contraception reduces abortions, and I feel like that's the argument that absolutely has to be made. But still, you know, there's a certain segment of the population where it lands on deaf ears. I also believe that, and, and this is. This is sort of real and sort of, you know, again, being a little bit ironical, but the idea of making pregnancy free, for example, um, thus providing at least a way to eliminate the financial need for abortion where I, you know, a lot of abortions happen and I, I forget the exact percentage because of financial concerns. We don't have enough money to, to raise this child. We don't have enough money. We don't have health insurance, et cetera. So if you make abortion or you make uh, pregnancy free, then that eliminates it, but you know Republicans will never support that because it's socialism right so it's not really well, it's not right. really about reducing or preventing abortions to making them to making abortions rare, as Hillary Clinton likes to say it's just it's about controlling women right
0: absolutely I mean this, what the bottom line is is that you can only say that you want to protect the fetuses if you also say then let's ensure that those fetuses happen in people who want them. And how do we do that? We do that through education and access Mm -hmm. to birth control. And we don't do that by telling women to close their legs because a men should be closing their legs too. B Mm -hmm. it's called a vasectomy. Get one. Like if you want people to not have abortions, then make sure that only the people who want to be pregnant are getting pregnant. Those are the healthiest pregnancies and obviously are going to reduce the need for abortion. Now, Abortion will always be needed because mother nature will cause anomalies and mother nature will do things where an abortion would be required. But you cannot say, I want to save the babies and then say, you just have to be not a human being and not have sex because you know, my religion, it doesn't (laughs) work that way.
2: Right, right? And you
0: cannot say that, you know, pregnancies matter when you've got children out there who are being killed in schools who can't even get an education, who aren't knowing when their next meal is going to be there, you cannot say that you care about the fetuses. That's right. Until our adoption system is fixed, our foster care system is fixed, our children in poverty no longer are in poverty, and our hungry children are no longer hunger, hungry. You cannot, you cannot say that you care yeah. until those problems are also addressed.
1: You know, just as a side note, too, you know, I think about this, um, the same people who are are pushing for these across the board abortion bans, even going to the extreme of criminalizing it with 99 years in prison or worse, um, these same a lot of these same people are pushing for war in Iran. And I wonder how many uh, pregnant civilians will be killed in that endeavor. Uh, exactly you know what i mean it's exactly just,
0: it, you know again it's this, not about it's not about fetuses right as you and i have clearly demonstrated yeah. it yeah. isn't
2: yeah
1: it's completely arbitrary for the, with the goal of uh, of of making women second class citizens and uh but i mean that brings us to uh alabama and this 99 year prison term for having or, or for having or performing an abortion and what they're really doing is is banning safe abortions aren't they since illegal abortions are certainly going to ramp up again right
0: Oh, I imagine so. I mean, I, my understanding is that it hasn't been signed into law. Is that
1: correct? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not law yet. Um, the governor is still debating. And then it'll. I don't think it, it's immediately going to go into effect anyway, because there'll be almost an immediate stay. At the very least, there'll be an immediate stay put on by the, the first court that it's presented to. And already, I know uh, Planned Parenthood and the ACLU are descending on Alabama now. Um, so that's that's the I guess if you could look at the silver lining of all of this. Well, uh, and
0: what a waste of money, though. They could be using legislation that's going to help people as opposed to doing unconstitutional things, causing lawsuits to be created and necessary to protect people. That's right. You know, and so I think that what is going to happen is if I know my colleagues and uh, I think I do, we're going to do everything within our power to make sure people have access. Yeah. And that may even be paying for bus trips. Paying for like we there are there are funds people have donated to funds. I encourage everybody to donate um, to any you know abortion fund place that you can find. I know at Robin Marty has a list of them that are good mm-hmm. to help people. We will we will help each other through this, but we will not stand by and watch people harmed.
1: Right well thank god that there are services like that i do know that with the the georgia law for example um it's also illegal to go to a different state to have an abortion and then to come back to georgia because even then you'd be arrested as if you had the abortion in georgia
0: well let's talk about the enforceability of that yeah, I let's know. talk about how how we are not oh my god i just can't even, i it's not even practical i just i it makes so little sense to me that I I don't even know how to comment on
1: it. To yeah. be honest with you, <laughs> I don't know what what's going on there. It sounded like an elephant in the room. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Steering your dog is cracking me up. I'm sorry.
0: Okay, but, hold on. I'm going to put you on mute.
1: Okay, one, two, three. Um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, it's it's got to be just utterly confounding as a scientist, as an expert in this, to see. The science and the facts of what are happening to being so uh, routinely bastardized by really people who ought to know better. We're talking about grown-ups here uh, who presumably went to school at some point, uh, you know, just completely annihilating the the science and all of this. I mean, for, as a woman, it's got to be terrifying and awful. But as a scientist, it's got to add just a whole another layer of horrendousness, doesn't it?
0: They're not using science. I mean, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're ignoring science. They're, they're rejecting science. They're actively saying that science doesn't matter. We are in an age of anti-intellectualism that is unprecedented, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't even understand. It, it's almost like people saying, well, you know, the Earth is flat.
2: Yeah.
0: Those folks, I don't even—what? Like, <laughs> the moon landing was a hoax.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Now, I can, like, we, we can't even have a conversation anymore because what? Yeah. You don't you you don't get to just you get you can reject facts, but that means that you kind of reject reality. It's not like beliefs where you you get to pick and choose.
2: Yeah.
0: Facts are facts; they, they just are the way they are. But what we have is not not twisting of the facts. It's a flat out denying of the facts.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to uh, what I was saying about this uh, law and the passage of the law in, in Alabama, especially, and the idea that uh, uh, we don't know if it's going to go into effect immediately. I get the sense that there are going to be women in Alabama who are going to think that it's in effect. And as a consequence of that, they're going to um, undergo some sort of horrifying back alley abortion. They're going to look up on YouTube how to how to self-perform an abortion or something like that. And then there are that women are going to are going to are going to be, you know, killed in that process. Right.
2: Absolutely.
0: And, and I am seeing people saying, you know, don't panic. This is not law yet. This is not in effect. You have if you have an appointment, do not cancel it Can, keep your appointment do not do anything
2: drastic Amazing.
0: here are some resources to call and make sure that you're informed like we are trying to counter all of this misinformation because of legislators who are I'm going to say it typically old white men because of their feelings
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they're and they're wanting to manipulate women yeah it, it's it's in it's just it's horrifying it really is and so we are very concerned as healthcare providers that people are going to get misinformation i mean we're battling it every day
1: let me ask you this i mean speaking of misinformation um as i was saying earlier i imagine there's going to be an if this goes through and in fact if the supreme court upholds <laughs> This particular Alabama law, and I I want to get to that in a second, but if that actually happens, what sort of methods are used typically to perform back alley abortions? Like what what kind of awfulness goes on along those lines? Like, what what can we expect to see in the obituary columns and things like that when it comes to uh, women performing back-alley abortions, illegal abortions, using their own methods? And as I said before, I can totally imagine an entire subculture of how-to YouTube channels uh, appearing. Like, the bro science about self-performing an abortion is going to be horrendous.
2: Well,
0: i I hate to fear and i also hate the term back alley what yeah. we need to what we need to use is illegal um and illegal. generally i think that illegal is going to be hopefully maybe it might even come down to a qualified health care provider risking their license and risking yeah. their going to jail i mean i can see that happening more than i can see some sort of like what we hear in dirty dancing a dirty knife and a folding table yeah. you no know, knives are used in abortion um What I see is probably, hopefully, people accessing online medication abortion. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, they're finding out early enough that they're eligible for a medical abortion and getting medicine online, and there are resources for that. Um, What I hope is not happening are, you know, self-mutilating
1: procedures
0: and... The return to septic wards, because what we used to have were very few qualified Mm health care providers doing what they could and what they thought was probably best in order to provide an abortion. And then, you know, an infection would happen because they didn't have sterile technique. Right. You also had people preying on those who were desperate. Hopefully it doesn't come to that extreme. But what I fear is going to be the most prevalent is a panic and therefore people trying to do it themselves and of course people are not qualified to do it themselves No, Um, but you know what we want is access to health care and I don't think that's a lot to ask and I think that this country has a very very bad history of preventing people from accessing health care because they're poor because they're people of color because they're not the upper echelon of society and that's a problem Mm -hmm. that's disgraceful and we have a long history of that and now this is just getting worse
1: You know, uh, Dr. Torres, there's a very real chance, and I'm looking at the cup half full right now, but there's a very real chance that the Alabama legislature will have ultimately protected reproductive rights um, since the Supreme Court could very easily strike down the criminalization of abortion, thus reinforcing Roe, right? Do do you see that as a possibility, or are you rightfully more skeptical of this court uh, than some?
0: I'm I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. What's that? Um, sorry. Hold on one second. Okay.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I've got to get back to work. Um, it's, it's like I'm talking... You know what? You know what? This always happens when I'm talking to Malcolm Nance. <laughs> he's always got... He's I'm always so like f- like revving up his cars or dealing with his dogs. It's so much fun. I'm so sorry. Oh, um, it's okay. It's okay. okay. Now it's now great.
0: Because we allowed Brett Kavanaugh to be appointed to the Supreme Court, I mean, forget the the he said, she said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe... Doctor Ford, I. But you know that was history. That's in the past. It is his he versus her. You know him versus her. Yeah. Let's just talk about how his composure and his ability to cope under pressure, which is not a thing that he does. <laughs> right. That his his decorum in and of itself is not worthy of a Supreme Court justice seat. That said, I question his ability to be fair. Mm-hmm. I question his ability to uphold the Constitution because he has already written. Unconstitutional, proceed, pre, whatever briefs or whatever they're called in legal terms, yeah, it has already supported unconstitutional legal proceedings. So I am nervous. I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think that I myself, as a provider, will do everything that I can to keep people safe, even if it means standing on a soapbox and just educating the masses. Yeah. I will do what I can. My being thrown in jail for doing an illegal abortion is not going to help anybody. But I always think to myself, if I were one of those doctors in Ireland treating Savita, I would have risked going to jail in order to save her life. Yeah. And that's what nobody did. And I feel very strongly that there, that is, that is something that could happen here with these laws.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems to me as if the awfulness of upholding the law. There's an equal and opposite reaction that could take place in the court, which is that uh, they could strike down the law, thus creating a precedent that would uh, that would again reinforce Roe, and would absolutely be fantastic news, uh, maybe the best news that we could get out of all of this, and it would all occur because I think Alabama has severely and brutally overreached. With this particular ninety-nine year prison term, this this madness. In fact, by the way, I looked it up. The, the, nine, t- Ten years to ninety-nine years is the is the span of time in which you can be sentenced uh, to prison for rape. So basically, women who have abortions are basically uh, subject to the same prison term as their rapist. Just want to—I don't know what that exactly means, but it's 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 horrible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you want to, and also look at the statistics those folks of you who are listening, of women defending themselves against intimate partner violence versus those committing intimate partner violence. They are punished longer and more harshly than their perpetrators.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: it is
0: always about punishing the women.
1: This uh, The last question, Dr. Torres, is there any hope in all of this? Do you see any other silver linings in this debate, or are you feeling pretty hopeless at this point?
0: no i'm i'm there's always hope i mm. think that there's always a silver lining and i think that silver lining is in the form of myself and my colleagues and the experts in the field and those who work in this work who anywhere from the people the clinic escorts who are protecting people on their way into clinics to the you know upper echelon of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and the American Medical Association saying This cannot happen. This is a violation of medical ethics. This is a violation of human rights. And this is a violation of access to health care that everybody deserves. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say there is hope because we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of medical ethics. We are on the right side of humanity.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I just want to say here uh, as we wrap up that you are – You are a genuine superhero in all of this, not only uh, for the work that you do, uh, for the the time that you take on Twitter to educate people. And I know that's got to be I mean, just talk about a harrowing (laughs) endeavor uh, that alone. But the fact that you you're basically at this point in time putting your life on the line. (laughs) For what you believe For your profession For your expertise For the women you treat For your patients That is an enormous sacrifice And one that I don't think We can overlook And I, and so again I thoroughly applaud you For everything you do And it is such a pleasure And an honor To be able to speak with you uh, Here on the show And to uh, carry your message to, uh, to my audience So thank you Thank you Thank you Well thank you I, I really
0: appreciate that And that's very humbling um, I don't I don't see myself as any different from any of my colleagues, to be honest. I think that yeah. anyone who's doing this, anyone who's in this fight, including yourself, who's being out there, who's being vocal and trying to do the right thing by human beings, I think we all deserve a big hug.
1: Absolutely right. And and, and I think you more than most. Dr. Torres, it was such a pleasure again. And thank you again for uh, coming on under short notice.
0: Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate talking to you.
1: We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.